Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another surprise podcast coming <laughs> so soon after we finally got back together and went, oh my God, we enjoy each other's company and talking at each other in loud, <laughs> obnoxious tones. We're as surprised to be back as you are. Uh, it is I, Natalie Bohensky, and with me, as always, is Stuart Late. Hello, Stuart. Hello, Nat. Hello, everyone. I'm how... so excited to be here. Oh, you, yes. And how do you... In... <laughs> I'm, I'm cat-sitting extra cats at the yeah, moment. There, there are We're so at my many place cats. tonight, and there's a lot of cats around, um, including Albus as a nod to the fantasy world, <laughs> uh, belonging to my friend Sim, who's in Japan with her family, and asked me if I could uh, cat-sit. And I was like, ah! Once you've got three, what's another two? <laughs> That's it. Once you, you're over that hump. Yeah. The, three, the cat three, lady tag. Is, 30, it's fine. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's just an extra decimal point. Uh, but yes, we are here. I tried to make things slightly nice for you, but um, as, as I was saying, Stu, we're in the middle of production for Die Hard, the movie, the play. <gasps> At the Brisbane Powerhouse at the end of November. Please come along. Tickets selling fast. Uh, BrisbanePowerhouse.org. Um, Tickets are actually selling fast. <laughs> they actually are. Yeah. I'm not just saying that for, yeah. um, for sizzle. <laughs> for comedic effect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is the old trick of like, oh my God, tickets are so close to selling out. Yes, get in now, everyone. As in, we've sold five. No, it's actually selling really well. Yeah. Who knew that pop culture things were popular? <laughs> what does the pop stand for in pop, pop culture? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've got like costumes and crap everywhere. That's my excuse. And I'm sticking to it. Mm. It's not just my terrible habits. <laughs> I believe you. Um, so yes, we are here to talk about... His Dark Materials. We are, ostensibly, this is now, for the time being anyway, a His Dark Materials podcast. Yes. We, we were a Doctor Who podcast last year, and we became, <laughs> we went back to being a, 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 a Game of Thrones podcast. That's right. And now we're a His Dark Materials podcast. That's this is how right. it's going to work. We sh- we, as, you, as you said, we can just keep calling it Raven On, but we might need like subtitles or yes. something. Yeah, yeah. Raven On about the Magisterium. Yeah, well, see, I, I wanted to talk to you about, about this, and we, I, we may as well do it on mic. Like, what are we going to call this one? Yeah, I don't know. Because I don't know enough about the show. No. Like, Raven I mean, on about d- dust? Yeah. I, Damon on? Damon. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's supposed to be pronounced demon. Demon? Is that how I it, yeah. Demon, yeah, yeah. yeah. Demon on? I was seeing the AE. I was like... Yeah, it's, it is... It's very fairy. It is F-A-E-R-E, fairy. F-A-E-R-E, yeah. Fae. It's fae. It's fae. Um... Well, yes, so I guess a bit of background. His Dark Materials is a trilogy of young adult books by Philip Pullman mm. that came out in the late 90s, yes, early 2000s so, yeah. around, yeah. like just before Harry Potter. Because well, I remember... Was it contemporaneous with Harry Potter? For a while, but I think the first book came out before oh, Harry okay, Potter. Oh, okay, Harry Potter. Yeah, I think it, it... And then was completely upstaged by... Possibly, through, although through it no, was... Through no fault of, it, fault of Philip Pullman. It like, was very popular, and I um, read the books as... I think I read the first one maybe when I was 17, oh, 18, wow, okay, so yeah. quite late. Mm. Um, and I remember, uh, you know, finishing them off in my early 20s or something like that, and um, being really... It was one of those few experiences where I had where I really wanted to speed through the book to know how it ends, but also I didn't want it to finish because I loved the story okay, so cool. much. Yeah. So it was very important to me. I have not read... Uh, I have not read it probably since then, mm. and I haven't read the extra books that he's been releasing, right, okay. which is set sort of 10 years after the fact, I think, yeah, or 10 so, years yeah. earlier. Mm. Or Anyway, um, so I've left myself blank. So there's aspects of the story that I remember, mm. but there's a lot that I don't. So there was, right. there was a lot watching this episode going, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, uh, yeah, I kind of remember. Oh, okay. You know, so I feel yeah. like I've got some knowledge, 
but not a lot. But you are coming in blind. I'm coming in completely blind. For mm. the, the, this is a rare um, reversal for us. Yeah. I, I know nothing about this this miniseries. <laughs> I, I know that it got made into a, a what is apparently a very mediocre movie. I've never seen the movie. Uh, his uh, the Golden Compass. The Golden Nicole Compass. Nicole Kidman yeah. and Daniel. That was the name of the first novel. Daniel Craig. Yes, with Daniel yeah, Craig playing the role the, that James McAvoy is playing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, it, which apparently it was is, fine. Yeah, but they dulled down a lot of the anti-Catholic church, which well, is kind of the point I'm beginning to understand is a lot yeah. of the messaging and themes of this book yeah. series are very much about that. Uh, and to take that out, it would be like, I don't know, taking out the political intrigue from Game of Thrones to use a relevant example. Like, why would you even do it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why even bother making the show at that point? So it's, yeah, it's interesting. I remember the movie being okay. Um, and it was definitely filmed in a way that they were expecting to do the second yeah. and third, but didn't end up happening. Yes. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, um, it was one of those movies that got like boycotted by Christian. Glory yeah. And I don't, I don't think that would happen now. No, it's weird. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know. It? it was only 2006, 2007, but the, the amount of <laughs> the far off vitriol. year of 2006. No, but if you if you think about it a lot, like that's I know it is weird, mm. but even just that 12, 13 year difference. Sure, yeah. There's so much more, and I feel like the Catholic Church has kind of fallen again. Culturally, in, we've come a long way. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and I feel like maybe it wouldn't matter as much now. Like this was pre. Twitter, all of that stuff. So you, you yeah, know, exactly. you wouldn't have had, or early days of Twitter, maybe. But well, two thousand, yeah, two thousand six would have been pretty. Yeah, you wouldn't have had of Facebook. That's right. Yeah. So you wouldn't have had as much, or you would have had people, I guess, maybe you know, advancing it or promoting it and more. I don't. Yeah, I know well, I mean, that there were definitely there were there were boycotts against it. I know. In, I know US, that I um, a, a relative at the time. Long story. Uh, forbade his as at that age quite young daughters like 10 and 8 or right. so from seeing it oh okay because the church the catholic church had said um this movie is against our values and so they'd put out this bulletin going don't see this and and right. um so he's like okay well i won't see that and i was like <laughs> well that's a good example of thinking for yourself yes. isn't it yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> but that's people's choice i guess if if you want to defer and that's sort of what and the thing is is that the the, the books itself, it's one of those classic examples, I feel, where the, the anti oh, it's anti-Catholic. They're kind of missing a lot of the point. You know, I, as I say, yeah. it's been a while since I read the books, but from my memory, it's very much about anti-authoritarianism and totalitarianism yes. type thing. And, and the framework the, is mm, a religious-like That's right. Yeah, yeah. organization. And it definitely, like, like I mean, we, we'll probably get into this in the discussion, but it definitely seems to be like anti-institution as well in the yeah. sense that, you know, like the... Like theoretically, we're being told that like Oxford is like a special, almost almost set against the magisterium. Or they have from a, what I understand, but 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 really they're, they're not. But they're very stodgy and and set in their ways themselves. You know? Yes, there's, they there's they have a, of, a sort of a we have scholastic sanctuary, or we yes, we yeah. have the ability to do. <laughs> you know, research that is, is guaranteed. So that it's like the magisterium have obviously given them a bit of a token. No, no, you can do a bit more, Yeah. but watch it. Don't go too far. Don't go too far. Or and we'll, so yeah. it's the whole concept of, are you truly free? You know, That's so right. a message which has no relevance to our times whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't know if everyone can hear. There's a cat scratching a door somewhere in the back of my <laughs> apartment. Sorry if you can hear those sounds. I, I, at, at this point, I don't effect. know why you even bother to point that stuff out <laughs> because they're always in the background. Something but mostly they're quiet. And, mostly yeah. they're quiet. <laughs> mostly they sleep. Um, so what did you make of it as a setup for a first episode? Coming in blind, 
with no prior knowledge. Well, um, I first impressions. Yeah, this is the thing. So, so I genuinely, I genuinely have no real uh, idea of the story or the characters or anything like that. I'm aware of the book series. I'm aware that the film exists. I'm aware that there was that it has a, a reputation as sort of the anti-Narnia. I think a lot of people have called it in the sense that Narnia is very Christian in its themes. Uh, oh, and, okay. And that, yeah, I can... you know, his Dark Materials, it has a similar sort of sensibility in that, like, you know, there's all these, like, mystical creatures and yes. different worlds and parallel worlds and things like that. But it's very anti-establishment and, and anti-church yes. in many ways. Yeah, um, I can so see. So people have sort of referred, I've seen it referred to as, like, the anti-Narnia. I can you know, understand that description. Um, which is, which is interesting. Um it's a. It was. It was an interesting uh, thing. <laughs> I, I, I said it like I, I did like it. I enjoyed it. But there were parts where I was like, okay, this will make sense later once I know what's actually going on. I think. Okay. The the, 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 the it, it seemed really slow, but also very rushed. Okay. Which was interesting to me. That was my impression of it. Where it it almost like it felt like it wanted to have like a very breakneck pace. And several scenes of people rushing through corridors and jumping over rooftops and things like that. But the actual pace of the episode felt very, like, deliberate. Not not slow, but very deliberate. Measured. Measured. And yet, they covered a lot of ground. <laughs> like, in terms of plot and explanation and setting it, up the world there and everything was a like that. There was a lot of... Bit of exposition and... Well, yeah. And, and yeah. like, you're always in trouble when the series begins with uh, an info dump... Of text. Uh, that's what I wanted to which ask you. I, I really, I really feel should be just left to Star Wars at, at this point and leave, so, leave it, leave it. At yeah. That and, as a, as a, as a newcomer coming in, what did you make of that? Because that was a lot of information. It was it a was, lot of information. It was. It, it kept did, coming too. That, yeah. That's what I quite like. Was was I was like, you know, there, there could have been like one or two paragraphs just to sort of set the scene. Like, okay, there's a bit. There's an alternate universe. Like we get. There's an alternate world. You know, you get it. You, you've seen fantasy shows before, but they but they just kept appearing. Yeah. Yeah. They kept coming yeah. to the point where I was actually kind of chuckling towards the end of it, where I'm like, like I just I could just read the book. Like at this point, <laughs> like I could just go and read the book. I'm not if I want paying to, read to read a TV show. Do you think that they needed to outline that what a demon is, so that the concept? No, you of- could absolutely. I I feel like you you got that within the show and all it would have taken would have been a couple of lines of dialogue clunky as they may have been but they, were, to they sort had of that in her exactly There's in her teaching scene. class with there the, is a yeah. whole scene where they explain what demons are because the the kid the the kid becomes a, a man in this ceremony yes, that they have but also she talks to her librarian like well, he's exactly. talking about scripture yes, and, and he's talking about yeah. he's talking about demons I, there i felt like that that maybe was tacked on for Americans. I don't know. That's that's really <laughs> well. I feel like that's they need, horrible. They to needed say. to explain but, why there were animals running around that could talk. They could talk, couldn't they? Like like there were yes, in very human voices. Yes, in extremely human voices. But in in recognizable um what like I can't, guest cameo well, voices. What I can't remember from the book, I'm sure someone will steer me right, is whether the the demons can talk to each other. I can't, or, oh, or like okay. if their voice is just heard by their person, by their well, human. And, and the thing that I can't remember, and I, I don't I remember any by. examples in in the show of the demons yeah. talking to each other. The thing that I, the thing that I was confused by was the the fact that okay, there's like animals that are soul bonded to you. 
Like, like no, they are your soul. They're, a, they're they are a, literally your soul. They're an, an they're an, a, 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 They have different names though. Anim, not a personification, but a animification. <laughs> they are your soul. Your soul lives outside your body as an animal creature, and while you're a child, it can change form. But at once any you, time, once you, become an adult, once it you hit puberty, well, that's form. kind of your um, that's kind of your that's your final form mark of transitioning through puberty yes. is your 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 soul goes actually I'm this, and it it sort of deter- when they were talking about oh your path is they're singing your path is set or your path is chosen what your demon ends up being kind of can control de- your life. What happens if your demon ends up being a fish? Do you have to carry it around in a This bowl? is mentioned in the novel. Right. Um, I don't know about a fish, but uh, one... Am I, am I making jokes that are like... No, no, no. It's a serious question. Right? Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. It's a serious question. Like, right. what do you do? Like, if your animal's a bird, okay, sure. It can go anywhere. But what about a fish? So in one case that I remember in the novel, because I remember having that thought, and he actually explains in the novel, there's like a boat captain whose right. demon is a dolphin. Sure. And so once the demon decided to be a dolphin, he had to do work on the sea because yeah, you can't be far from your demon. Like you oh, physically okay. can't be. And this will get explored in I the see. in the in the course of the novel. This so all... there's a cat breaking in to eat food somewhere. Um, but yeah, so a, a demon you can't be parted very far from it. You start to feel right. a, you start to feel a physical pain that, if, if you are. I'm sure that will be. I'm sure. I'm sure that will be explored more yes, fully. Yes. Yes. I got the sense that these were external creatures that were like bonded, like like you know the dragon riders of Pern or something. Like you know these were what, these what are, are the animals. That, oh, see, okay, never mind. Is that a fantasy I've reference? Gone, I've gone too nerdy for this nerdy <laughs> podcast. Um, but, no, there'll be people listening who are like, "Damn it, Stu, do a podcast about the dragon riders of Pern." Oh God, I can't even imagine. Anyway, but, um, just you in your basement, <laughs> just literally under just a blanket, me, me with a blanket over my head. <laughs> Listen, I'd listen. <laughs> sure. But um, no, I got I the definite impression. I, I understood that they were like separate creatures. So that's your soul. Yes. Yes. In so the, the idea that, yeah. is when the novel moves into our world, which it does in the second, yes. in the second book, sorry, when the story moves into our world, um, I think Pantalaimon, because Lyra, this, oh, this is a spoiler. It's, she, they spend the whole episode talking about, oh, she's destined for great things. and right, yes. So, yes, so she travels between which, the worlds. Which we will talk about. Sorry about spoilers. I figured at some point we would be going I think her demon still exists. So I think the way that he solves is sort of like you can see, you. we all have that too, but our, our like if we were in their world, our soul would become a would come out from our body and right. become and an there's something about their world that does that. Their, their world does that. Our world doesn't. Right. Okay. So our soul lives within us. Right. Um, which is, it's quite a religious thing because it's acknowledging that there is the soul exists. It's an extremely yeah. religious concept. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm like, I don't necessarily believe in a soul or a Christian <laughs> concept of a soul that lives, you know, does it live in your heart or in your gut or in your, in your, in your head or so it's, you know, um, so I, I, thought that they didn't need to necessarily explain that. Yes. And it would have been... People who know the books know what they are and people who don't would have been like, oh, they've got like an animal familiar and it would have... They would have gradually and they learned, would have explained oh, okay, yeah, yeah. that's how that works. Because the thing is like like the, the demons don't... Like they don't feature into the plot of the first episode. They're just a detail of the world. So there's no need to sort of... You, you can explain them as you go. Yes. Is the sort of thing. That's you right. Know. 
and they become you, you understand why but they're important having said that the idea that they the very first thing they do is tell you all about the demons yes. they sort of prime you for the idea that they may be important yes you should probably pay attention they are well that's true yeah, yeah. That's... that is true but it's mostly that idea that they change shape while you're a child while you're figuring out who right. you are I, I also didn't get the shape changing thing like like there was moments where like like basically I, I had forgotten what form they were and so they would just show up as whatever they were at that point and I would be like okay I yeah she must have so it's whatever I, I animal have forgotten is... that this was her thing yeah, yeah I... so at one point when she's in the cupboard and it, and pan has become a, a butterfly. Oh, is that what that... All right, yeah, okay, it's a little right. butterfly whispering in her ear. Right, okay. Um, but what's what's interesting is whenever you have that, and it, it's something that you don't have to deal with in novels because you just imagine it in your head. Sure. But when it's a TV show, do their voices sound the same every shape that they change into? Yeah. Is it... You and, know, and, and they did, does I that think, affect... was the, the choice that they made. Oh, okay. Made. See, I couldn't hear the difference that much. I sort of yeah. thought that... No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think they, I think they were the same across. Oh, right, yeah. yeah, they were just the same. So, which I mean is good because otherwise I would think they were different animals. Yeah, like, like probably. Not... <laughs> yeah, so they need to keep that consistency. Yes. But, but then the other thing that I never understood, and it might be explained in the books, and I've just forgotten. But are they actually an animal, or are they? Well, you've just told me that they're souls. They are okay. So, right. <laughs> what I mean is, does a they, they exist in the shape of animals we all know. So there's a cat sitting right oh, next to you, right, Stu. Right, right. If your cat, demon Could was a cat... Could you have a griffin or a dragon? Would or... that cat... Well, there's that, but it's also... Mm. Can your cat interact with a... Can your demon interact with a cat as a cat? Like, would, you, would your demon... This is what I can't remember. I'm sure no, they talk about it in the you're books, asking, but I can't remember. You're asking questions that I literally never no, 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 to ask. No, no, no. But this because... is a philosophical yeah, no, no, question. No, okay, right. Because the other thing that I... I, I Weird things occur to me, Stu, so don't judge me about this. But I was like, do demons have bodily functions? Right. Do, you know, she's do you, running do you around. Have to feed them? Do you have to feed them food? Do you have to toilet them? Mm. Like, do they need to be, do you they know, toilet like an animal? Which, which could completely change your life depending on whether your demon was a cat or an elephant. If your demon is yeah. an elephant, <laughs> like... you can't live in a flat. <laughs> Like you just can't. It's a whole thing. You can't. And it is interesting that it, it does kind of set your life path mm. um, much more than our trendy internal souls. <laughs> Whereas you can decide to go on an eat, pray, love adventure at at, at fifty or something. Uh, and if your soul is a very large silverback gorilla, <laughs> you may not be able to kind of go to a temple peacefully. Like. <laughs> It's that, and that, those are the things that I always. I'm like, oh, do you? Because can you imagine running around and you've got a ferret at one point and a bird at another point? You just have poo everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because they're everywhere. in. They're in with humans. They're in human spaces. Yes. They're they're and not outside. The the thing that I know, found really interesting was like that Azrael delivering his his monologue to yes. his fellow academics. Yeah, like his, his snow leopard his snow doesn't leopard. come up and take a massive dump in front of the room. <laughs> it's start clawing the furniture. Yeah. <laughs> but they do it is it is start spraying the wall but well this is the thing you saw her that the leopard when the master was that's uh, something that i wanted to talk to you trying about to actually poison yes him. yeah yeah um so if they're souls so that's she he has a female demon oh yes they're always the opposite sex oh are they yes so oh, okay. women always have a male demon and men always have a female demon right all right fair enough yeah that's I do remember that from the books because okay. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Because it's again, it's 
I thought, I thought there was some uh, very interesting insight into Lord Asriel then, but I just no, no, it's it's a it's a thing. Like it's your right, okay. it's, it's your it's feminine side or your masculine. It's like yin yang the, sort of yeah, thing. exactly, yeah. exactly. So right. it's your you know personal. Um, yeah, it's the other side. Can other people talk to your demon? I Can think there's a. I think I know that there's because there's all these sort of like because they said the relationship is sacred. Mm. I think there are rules like you don't touch someone else's demon. It's considered um, uh, like a... Taboo. What's the word? Yeah, taboo. Mm. So you don't touch anyone else's demon and and that's always a big, right. you know, no-no. Like it's very... It's more than rude. It's um, right. debasing it's a, it's a kind violation. of thing. It's a violation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like touching you without your consent. Mm. You don't touch someone else's demon. Demons interacting though, I can't quite remember. Which um, is why which is why the, the fox man is so... Is such a horrible thing did he have a fox did he yeah wasn't that a fox maybe i can never i could i was trying to look for them sometimes like a very small wolf and some people (laughs) some people had them and some didn't because obviously with the cgi they're like well i was gonna say that that was the other thing i was gonna say you know you know so you're saying that everyone has one of these things yes didn't see many didn't see that many so so all the main characters had one and i suspect that they just have people (laughs) in the background in corridors so you can go oh their demon is just around the corner around the corner or it's a mouse in their pocket or you know it's a small little baby lizard on their hand didn't see too many people with like dinosaurs or blue whales or something no no so i imagine the bulk of demons are smaller animals that accompany you lots of lots of Easily trained yes, uh, dogs. Dogs, of dogs, lots of dogs, <laughs> dogs and cats, medium-sized dogs, <laughs> birds, some rats. Yeah, Any, anything that the local uh, pet agency can can get to you in a hurry. Yeah, but it's funny because it's very much seen as the demon's choice. But there was that interesting conversation that they have is like, oh, do you talk about what they might settle as? Mm. And you know, they have. I guess you have a conversation with your demon. It's like, you know, how do you have that? It would be an interesting thing to talk about. So what? Um, I'd really like you to be, um, because because obviously at thirteen you might be like, yeah, elephant, be an elephant, be an elephant, <laughs> and the demon hopefully would be like, you know what, that's going to be a lot of work for that's, you that yeah, I don't think you're up to. Absolutely. So you, I imagine that there's some, you know, choice of the demon going, oh no, no, you're more like this, yeah, uh, as opposed to I want a cool dinosaur because otherwise we'd all have dinosaur. De- Every everyone would, we would have a all have a dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but. Um, uh, yes, I've forgotten where I've gone with that train of thought. <laughs> well, just, I mean... They, they, of, I think they CGI'd the yeah. main ones in. And, and to be honest, like, the CGI was pretty good. Like, yeah. I've, got to, I've got to be honest, like, that was actually really good. They're obviously spending a lot of money on this yeah. show. Like, to the point where, you know, poor old Ghost, like, couldn't... Could only get, like, two or three look-ins <laughs> over, the, over the last, like, two series of Game of Thrones with all the money that show had. <laughs> Meanwhile, these, this thing's got, like, birds and ferrets and snow leopards all running around. Yeah, they did have. You could have done it the do. whole time. I mean, they could have. They just didn't seem to want to. Ghost was robbed. But let's anyway. let's let's not get back on another <laughs> let's hate, not, hate let's train. Let's dragged back into, into the game. And Dan and Dave, a D and D hate rave. Um, so yeah, so we have like the setup of Lyra is, and you were going to mention she's the girl. She's X twenty three. I was going to say she's what? She's X twenty three from Logan. I haven't seen Logan. Oh, you've got to see Logan. It's. Logan's is she the amazing. actual girl from Logan? She's the girl from Logan. Ah, yeah. okay. She, she's like little female clone Wolverine. Yeah, ah, it's amazing. okay. Amazing. That's like a sort of a Wild Westy type version, isn't it? No, no, no. Well, not I mean, it's, it's like sort of near man future. Man on... Near future, but it's like based... Yeah, it's it's like a, a Western in spirit. Yeah, he's yeah. not... It's not a... I'm a superhero it's, who's going to fight bad guys. It's, it's like, I've just got to survive. Well, in... he's it's set in the future and he's a very... He's a much older 
man and his adamantium bones are slowly killing him. Really? Yeah. Oh. And so it, and, isn't and he, he finds to be invulnerable? Well, yeah, he's meant to be, but like he, his healing factor's going because he's so old. His healing factor's going. Uh, his adamantium bones are killing him slowly. You know, he's, he's, you know, he's old and the world's moved on from him. Aww. It's very cool. It's a very cool movie. Yeah, I know it got a lot of a good... Yeah. So she's the... And she was, a, she was a clone of him. Oh, okay. Well, how uh, old that film's been out? That was out, what, three, a three couple four years well, ago? A couple of years ago, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very good. Yeah, she was, she was very young. She's mm. 14. She's playing 12 in this. Mm. Uh, and she was playing, like, like, which means she would have been about nine years old or something when she was in this movie. And she is phenomenal in that movie. She's this okay. little feral berserker. It's insane. Uh, it's completely can, different. You can see why they probably went for her then, like in terms of... Well, yeah, yeah. Because Lyra is supposed to be... A, she's supposed to be all very willful and... and yeah, and yeah. running about a bit and precocious. That's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Although she's a lot more, like she's a lot more of a... a, a she talks a lot more for a start because um, X-23 doesn't really talk very much in the movie. Um, but also she's a lot more sort of, I was, I was going to say she's a lot more of a chill character, but Lyra herself is actually a very like antsy character. She wants to, she wants to go, she wants yeah. to get out of there. She wants to yeah. run over rooftops. So yeah. I forgot that we actually did our minute challenge. We did do a minute challenge. And on we this should, one. before we go any further, we should talk about what we remembered. Right. Cause I just said precocious and I was like, Oh, that's what, that's what I wrote down in my minute <laughs> challenge. So if you're a regular listener, uh, I imagine you. I mean, if you're point. new, <laughs> hi. Hello. Yeah. Thank, thank <laughs> you so much for listening. Um, things will become obvious eventually. Uh, but we used to do this thing with Game of Thrones where we try and we'd put a minute on the clock and try and remember everything that happened that episode yes. or season, depending on what we were doing. Uh, do you want to read out then what you wrote down that you took from this first? Yes. Episode? Okay. So what this was remember? my this was my minute challenge from this, and I was I was stumbling about in the dark with with this because I don't I don't know the series, I don't know it well, so I was trying to just make. You know, yeah. jokes based yeah, yeah, yeah. on nothing. But I, uh, the first first thing I had written down was it's the X universe because you've got uh, Professor X, you've got James oh, yes. McAvoy, yeah, and you've got X twenty three showing ah. up. And I'm thinking, like, is anyone else? We'll have to look for X Men connections. There, there's got to be a few more in there. Probably some, some crossover stuff. Um, uh, and, the, and then the the other thing I, I went from there. My, my train of thought went to every actor in Britain because um, they all showed up. <laughs> <laughs> like and I, I, I've looked at the cast list, and uh, Andrew Scott is going to show up. Oh yes, uh, later apparently on. He's, he is, he's, yeah. he's doing something, and yeah, there, there's lots great. of there, there was every time an adult appeared on screen, I was like, oh, it's that guy from that mm. thing. Uh, so there was there was yeah. a lot of that. And Lin Manuel Miranda will show up at some point. Lin Manuel Miranda will mm. show up playing the same character that um, uh, oh god, I've forgotten his name, but uh, I want to say Sam Mendes, but that's not his name. Uh, Oh, what's his name? Hang on. Watch what movie? In in the Golden Compass movie, his character is played by that cowboy actor. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lee, Lee no, not, not Lee. Sam Shepard. Uh, no. I want to say Sam. Yeah, hang on. He does. He. I did feel when they were casting him as Lee Scoresby. I did feel he was a bit young and probably a bit too nice because Lee Scoresby is supposed to be quite old and old and brittle. Uh, Sam Elliott. Sam, Sam Elliott. Yes. Mustache man. He's yes. A, he's. A cowboy. Yeah. yeah. And and as I understand it, that character is a cowboy. Yeah, he's real Is he the one grizzled. with the giant armoured polar bear? No, that's a different one. Nobody no. has a giant armoured oh, polar bear. Oh, okay, right. The giant armoured polar bears are beholden to no man. Because the Ice next bears. thing that I wrote, because that, that got me thinking, I was like, I was promised giant armoured <laughs> polar bears. And so far this show has not delivered. I yes, don't know I how like... far off the giant armoured polar bears are. <laughs> 
But I want those giant almond <laughs> polar bears, Natalie. I want them. I mean, you had to wait, what, seven seasons for Game of Thrones to deliver a giant polar bear? <laughs> don't tell me I have to wait no, seven you don't. seasons for I, this. No, you do They'll turn up. They'll turn okay. up. They, they won't leave them because it's, it's such a big part of the first novel. So I imagine maybe another episode or two and right. we'll get to them. Yeah, but, fair enough. Okay. Uh, Lyra has to be set adrift on her journey, I think, <laughs> from memory. So... Um, and then uh, I got um, I got thinking about the plot, so I said um, uh, the world's most elaborate uh, funding grant request, <laughs> um, which seems to be seems to be the main plot of this opening episode. Was um, damn a, it! A, I elaborate. need funding. <laughs> I need I need funding. Actually, can I, I, have, say... to pull, I have to I have to fill out this proposal. <laughs> it, it did feel like a lot more of an assertive funding application yes. as opposed to sitting in an office for like three months detailing every minute. It's just like James McAvoy strutting and going, I need money to do my research in the north. <laughs> this is heresy. It's research. We need to keep doing it. All right, fine, James McAvoy. You're so dreamy. Fine. We approve your funding. Yeah. It was very funny. Um, also, I, I then started thinking about some of the other things that happened in the episode. And I just thought, is Egyptian problematic? Like, are we, are we, where are we landing on that? I don't know. Well, I would think that it's probably a polite way of creating, you know, I guess, a, a, again, is it problematic to say gypsies? Very, they're very obviously but gypsies. Gypsies that's, that's or, what they are. or Roma people or yes, traveling or people. Or Romani people. people, Romani yeah, people. Um, so I figured, because that's where gypsy does come from. Egyptian. Absolutely, yes. That's I, the yeah, base root that, of the word. The so root. I think that's probably his so version. So just, just for him to be like sort of like a quarter turn to the left in terms of an alternate universe. Exactly. Egyptians, yeah, Egyptians. I'm yeah. like, we're all good. We're all good. I'm just making sure. Because we're well, going to be saying it a lot, I imagine. I mean. Is this fine? It's like, I don't feel like they I were. I just want to establish the ground rules <laughs> at the start. I don't want to get cancelled, Natalie. I can't get cancelled. Not now. Not, not after all this. I've dodged so many, so many internet landmines, Natalie. I, this can't be the thing that brings me undone. <laughs> I was just, my mind just wants to now say a whole bunch of other slur words but with a slight turn. And, you know, because... That, that's immediately where my very dark, messed up brain goes to. It's like, gee, what other slurs is he calling people? But I just better not say any because I don't want to get cancelled either. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and the very, the very last thing. So I, we didn't have, we didn't have a lot of time. It didn't feel like we had a lot of time this time because I was really thinking. Uh, and the very last thing was something that we've already mentioned, which was um, leave the opening crawl to Star Wars. Yes. So, yes, yeah. we've talked about that. But So, I wrote precocious kitties, demons, mm-hmm. lots of exposition at the top, gobblers, mm-hmm. Jorah Mormont. Jorah Mormont. <laughs> or Jorah Mormont. Jorah Mormont. Mormont. Oh, my God. Sorry. The yes, the bear. Was his... So, his, his... It would have been great if his demon was a bear. I don't think it was. It was like a hawk or something. Like, they all had birds. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it was one of those things where they were all standing in a group and I was like, do any of them he's have a, demons? He is a physically massive man. Yeah, he is. Like, yeah. he's he's tall and he's also... He's just craggy. everything about him is big. Like, his, his head is as big as other men's chests. <laughs> 
Like he's got one of those well, heads. He is Scottish. That's like a, well, so, yeah, 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 that's right. But he's still, just, he's still just enormous. Because you know, I, I went to. Years old or I was in Scotland this year yeah. in August, and last year in August, and at the train station up the road from uh, my sister-in-law's place where I stay in outside of Glasgow, he's still on a billboard outside the train station. For Game of Thrones, or no, for a bank. Oh, okay, right. Bank right. of Scotland or Royal Bank of Scotland. Uh, and he's in a, the background is a very chill, cool, mm. Arctic kind of background. Right. And he's in a big bur- a burly big, bear big rug, rug coat. Absolutely. Going, we're strong, Bank of Scotland. Like it's the most tenuous <laughs> tie in. But I took a photo, I remember last year, and posted it on my Facebook page. And when I went to the train station this year, I was like, you're kidding. He's still there. He's still there. Same ad. And he's on a lot of those, that. He's obviously that bank's new spokesperson right, in okay. the same way that yeah. Tormund is for that hotel chain. Exactly, yeah. They've all, everyone, everyone's <laughs> everyone making their money. Everyone, everyone got a, a, a tie-in. <laughs> um, I also wrote Dust, Azrael. This Dust, yeah. The Poison Drink, Mrs. Coulter. Beguiling. Beguiling. Because that actor, Ruth Wilson, yes. who plays Mrs. Coulter, she is, that's the best word I can describe her, beguiling. Where do I know her from? So you know her from... I should have looked this up uh, off mic. Did you watch Luther with Idris Elba? No, Elba? no, I still haven't seen she's in, Lu- she's, so she's in, in Luther. So she's in Luther. Yeah, she's okay. brilliant. She's like a psychopath right. that, that he kind of is in love with. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. she's so evil. She's like his cat woman. Yeah. 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 She's like you know uh, he he admires her they have this constant flirtation kind of game going on and anyway um because she's so smart and he's the only person who kind of challenges her in terms of intelligence but she's she's beguiling in that i first noted um she first kind of came to prominence gosh mid-2000s i think she played jane eyre in an adaptation of jane eyre with toby stevens as rochester right it was a good adaptation like they always do they go oh look jane eyre she's so plain she's so plain (laughs) and of course they always cast beautiful actresses who just don't wear as much makeup and they're like look at her she's so plain and and they take off her bonnet and she runs around the moors and you're like you're too attractive to be jane eyre (laughs) she's never as i've heard academics say this like they never cast an actual plain person they always have to cast someone who's you know Pretty with glasses on or whatever the Hollywood sort of thing yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but she also was in a show called The Affair, which I haven't seen. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I haven't a, seen that either. American I've heard TV it, yeah. show about it, an affair. Mm. Apparently lots of people have an affair. And I've heard affairs. is set also in the near future where like a climate apocalypse is just happening in the background. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know that much about the show. Yeah, I, I heard it. It sounds bananas. Oh, okay. Like, apparently over the course of the series, and it's like four seasons or something, yeah. I think. Over the course of the series, like, the world collapses? I could be completely wrong about this. I haven't seen the show. This yeah. is just a thing that I've heard about it. Where, mm. like, just in the background, like, the world's going crazy. Like, all these people <laughs> are having affairs with each other. Because, you know, it, what are you going to do? Well, that's it. You know, the world's hey, ending. Hey. going to leave. Let's, let's throw some keys in a bowl that's and it. just go for it. <laughs> we, uh, she was also in a show last, or a TV show, which I didn't see, but I was reading about it. It might have been while I was in the UK, actually, where her grandfather mm. was like a spy, like quite a famous, in real life, 
her grandfather, Ruth Wilson's grandfather, was the like a world... The actress's grandfather. The actress's right. actual real-life grandfather yes. was like this famous sort of philandering spy guy. Okay. Um, who lived a double life. And so she, they made a movie about it, like a TV miniseries or right. something. And she played her own grandmother, like coming to terms with... <laughs> he had like a second wife or something. It was this okay. great... I'll have to look it up. But okay. she... Yeah. And I was like, that sounds so fascinating. And she was playing her own grandmother. Yeah. wonder if she had to audition. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think it was like a project she was executive producer on or something. But um, yeah, she's crazy talented. Well, I want to talk about her character. So beguiling. Beguiling, yes. Well, I mean, I just but but I I wanted to talk about her character because her character for me, and maybe I wasn't paying enough attention, but her character sort of came out of nowhere. Yes. For me. Yes. She walked into a scene and started talking to everyone, and she was, and Lyra seemed to know who she was or at least like knew of her. No, she didn't. Cause she was like, Oh, you're a lady scholar. Or, well, don't that, dress but that's like what I mean. Like, like she, she sort of seemed to know what she was anyway. If she didn't know her personally, she was like, Oh, you're a lady scholar. Like, that well, sort I, of I thing. suppose that's because it's a, you know, hall at Oxford. So only if you're a scholar, can you eat at the hall or something like that? I, I just guess. figured. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I mean, it was just suddenly she was there and she was saying, you can come live with me. Mm. And I'm like, I don't understand this arrangement or what yeah. it means. I, I, no one has explained this and they never do. Well, haven't you ever been a 12 year old girl and your life is a bit boring and filled with weird old dudes who make you study all day. And then a beautiful woman comes in going, Oh look, I'll take you and remake you and you can be like me. And also cause she had the whole, like I'm an explorer and I go to the North and Lyra is just obsessed with going to the North, that's which it. fair enough. That's where Jon Snow is. I, I, get I was it. about to say, we, I get it. There's our Game of Thrones connection. right? I there. know. There's a lot of talk Everyone's of the talking North. talking about the North. It's cold up there. It's no place for a child. <laughs> uh, you know nothing, Lyra Bellacqua. Uh, so, yeah, Mrs. Coulter is, again, I can't speak too much because plot. No, sure, but, sure. But... Uh, she's, she's whisking Lyra off to London. Yes. Although, although, it was really weird that she said, um, I want to come with you, I want to come with you. Can my friend Roger come? And she said, all right, yes, he can, he can come. She's like, yay, thank you so much. And then ran off and couldn't find Roger. Couldn't find Roger. Sure. And then went to see Mrs. Coulter again and said, I can't find Roger. And she was like, oh, well, I'm going to find him in London. And you come with me and I'll find him. Mm. I'm on the eight o'clock airship. I expect to see you there. Yeah. Like, she didn't... No, I know. Yeah, yeah. Lyra it was, was extremely just, confusing. It was, it, was, it was a weird... <laughs> it was a weird, like, now the airship is ready. Go get your stuff. Like, as opposed to, oh, you have a choice to stay here if you want. Like... Clearly the plot is she needs to go with this woman. Yes, exactly. You yes. know, the old white dudes are scared enough that they've gone, no, she's going to leave. She's and we, go. we admit that she has this big journey ahead of her. She's got to go, but let's give her this little mm. truth compass um, to give her some help. But you can't tell Mrs. Coulter about it. Why? No reason. <laughs> Why? We'll explain later. <laughs> plot. Because of plot. <laughs> How do I use it? You'll have to figure You'll that out. find out for yourself. But, the answer will be inside you yeah, all the along. Yeah, the fact that she just was left to... I mean, obviously Mrs. Coulter was confident that she would come with her. I just thought that was a slightly clunky way of getting her on the airship, I would have thought. Yeah, and also like a, a, a weird bit of... I'm not sure if it plays out like this in the books, but a weird bit of like tension on the show where she just... Like she just met... Like the airship is taking off. Yeah. And she like runs onto an no, up again. No, wait, wait, wait. Wait, like, wait. Did she, were her bags on there? Had yeah. she just run on? Well, she didn't have any clothes. Any she was in the same clothes the whole time. Yeah. So I don't think she needs any clothes. Are her bags on board? 
I don't understand. Yeah, it was. I don't get how. I it's think working. that bit was very clunkily done. Yes, I think that they wanted to show that she was concerned for her friend, but um, I think it would have been better just go. I'll find him. Come with me now, and I'll find him. And she could have been like, yes, okay. But they wanted to have her go back and read the try and mm. figure out. And it's like, no, she should have snuck off into the toilet of the airship. It and almost gone. feels, in in many ways, that this should have been two episodes. Really? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, like, I don't want to stretch things out unnecessarily, yeah. so I am glad. But if, you, if you're if going to push through what I assume is, like, quite a few chapters of the book, like... Yeah. I to, mean, a lot of it is it. just... Again, it's that whole... You, you can set her up. She's running around Oxford with her friend. Mm. Although, other thing I wanted to mention, child labour. It's cool. Yeah, like, it's totally fine. <laughs> is he an indentured servant? Yeah, like, I he's mean, like... That, belongs- is she... She seems she, to be higher she's status. She's higher than status. Him. She gets to have private lessons. Yeah, she has private Whereas lessons. Whereas he works in the laundry and, the sh- yeah, and brings her food. Down, and he brings her food. <laughs> yeah. And they're friends. And like, he's like, I brought you an extra sausage. No, you got one for yourself. Yeah, because he's probably not being fed. Oh, no. <laughs> does he have money? Like, I mean, he's an orphan. We, we get that established. Yes. Who's looking out for him? Is it hmm. just like, does he sleep in the cellar? I don't. Which was. It's it, not established. Which. <laughs> It's no. not clear. There's obviously like some weird hierarchical class structure yeah, going on. Definitely. But it's not spelled out at all. No. I wonder if it's just taken as red because they're British. Like the, yeah, there's yeah. like an upstairs and downstairs arrangement happening. She has a posh accent. He's yeah. a bit more gum, gummy. Yeah, and so therefore, like, you know, he's working in the he's working in the kitchen. <laughs> the kitchen's arrangement. Like, like that, that was but he gets like, to have time off to run around the Oxford with her. Yeah, exactly. Like she seems to have a lot of free time. He seems like there's jobs he should be doing, <laughs> but he runs off with her anyway. Yeah, she's allowed. We, to which have could a have been like, which could have been like good character development if they had have spelled that out. Like, there's something that he should have been doing, but he's hanging out with her instead. That's cool. Yeah, or is he allowed to? But there appear to be obviously a number of orphans because they all line up at one point for a dinner, and there's a whole there's a whole bunch of little, little oh, kids okay. well, sort of attached. I, I missed that completely. Like, as far as I was yeah, concerned, they were the, the only scene. they were the only two kids. Everyone else is an adult. Maybe and there's just these two children running around. One of whom is doing a lot more work than the other. <laughs> it's just so, weird. Maybe he gets educated in return for sure. Service, I mean, I, but you know, the, I, again, I, I thought it was really funny. I was like, "Hang on, he's clearly <laughs> he's clearly working. He's, he's clearly like he has a job. Ten years old, eleven years old. Just <laughs> all right, Lyra. Well, it's back to work for me. Like and, it's not. It's not like these are chores, and then he'll go to school no, or something. This is his job. job. This is what he does. <laughs> And then if he gets taught something, but that's like a, a fringe benefit. She's the niece of a like lord. Dental. Like her uncle is Lord Azrael. So maybe, you know, and well, yes, he exactly, gives yeah, her so. the start. You see that. But he seems to, like at the start, he seems to dump her. Like, he, and everything's underwater, which I'm sure will be explained. Yeah, I can't, I, I, I vaguely remember, um, I, I know that the newer books are dealing with something about the flood or there's flooding, but I can't, and I, did, I, did see. I can't remember from the books yeah, I haven't, what that I haven't, was about. I haven't read any spoilers, but I did read some spoiler-free reviews and some of them had like some context to sort of give. And they were saying that apparently that opening scene is from one of the prequel oh, okay. novels or something. All right, they've um, integrated so, so they've that in. So they sort of said, oh, that's, that's a good scene setter. Yes, Let's we'll take that, that in. Yeah, yeah that makes so, sense. That makes mm. sense. But it's, yeah, it's not really in the, in the books. It's just she's been there all her life um, and the only family she has is, is her uncle. Right, okay. 
Child Fair of enough. Mysterious Origins. Child, yes, exactly, yes. Um, I imagine written back before that was a horrible cliche, or maybe, or maybe. I don't know. It, Hasn't it, it always been? I guess it's always cli- been a cliche. It's always been a trope. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we saw at the end. Well, we saw Tony. Um, I love that this is a fantasy universe with someone called Tony. Tony. <laughs> yeah, but then his hawk is that. called like Layla Boo or Layla. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, people have these insane. <laughs> people have like. Like their souls exist as animals on, on you know, on the outside of their bodies. They have like a magisterium and it's a weird alternate universe. But also there's people called Tony. Yeah. I kind of love that about this particular his, show. His brother is Billy who goes missing Billy. and yeah. is nicked by a gobbler. A gobbler. Which is an urban legend, a child snatcher. Right. And then Roger who has, gets... a, who has a fox demon, apparently. So that's that's interesting. See, yeah, I thought that was a, like a wolf. But you're right. Maybe it was a... I think someone someone said it was a fox. Someone said they saw a fox demon running around. Oh, okay. Um, or I might have I might have missed that as no, well. No, no, no. I probably but, missed that. But to your point earlier about how like grabbing someone's demon is is seen to be very like like a violation. Like yes. he grabs the kids. Uh, he was a little squirrel, a little squirrel or something. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. He yeah. grabs the kids. Yeah. Thing and then the, yeah. And, that's and I think you can have power over people. That's why it's because <laughs> if you you know hurt their if your demon is hurt you feel that hurt. Oh, okay. Right. So. Um, your demon will squeal in pain if you're hurt and you'll squeal if it's hurt. So right. that's the bond because okay. it's your soul. Yes. Um, which is important for plot reasons as, sure. we, as we will go on if I remember correctly. Um, <laughs> yes, we saw Roger in the van at the end. Yeah. And we saw the Egyptians with the Western King all heading to London to find... Yeah, by, via canal, I guess. Via canal, yeah. yeah. I think the canals are much bigger because it's obviously contemporaneous with our world. Yes. Because he has like a camera, but he makes photograms, not photographs. Yes, yeah. And he makes... Um, so he does it all for the gram? He d- <laughs> <laughs> his selfies it's, from it's the just, north. Yeah, his selfies from the north. It's just him trying to get the perfect selfie. You know, um, people die doing, doing yeah, that. Yeah, that's know? right. You got to be careful. And what did you think of? The, see, there were a few little aspects of it that I thought were a bit twee, and like him up in the north going, "I've got to take one more photo." Yeah. And then taking it back to the base and going, "I think we've got it." And then looking at the tray as the photo develops and like <laughs> looking at each other is to me. I was Portentiously. like, yeah, exactly. Yes. But what did you make of him and the concept of dust? Like, what do you? Because they showed the photo of like an adult and a child. At at this point in my life, I am relatively well versed (laughs) in sci-fi and fantasy concepts in the sense that I'm sure they'll explain it when they get to it. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. They've set it up as a thing. They've told me that it's a thing. Adults have it surrounding them. Children don't. Great. Yeah. Rules are established. But I was just, I was trying to remember as he was talking, it says, oh, the, the magisterium tell us that we're all full of dust. So I can't remember. It, it sounded... So, so do, uh, do the Magisterium say that dust exists or that it doesn't exist? They say it doesn't exist. I can't remember. I thought they said that it did exist. Something about his but research he... was blasphemous, Yes, basically. yes. And yeah. all the old men were going... Bruh, bruh, bruh. And well, the fact that he saw a city in the, in the Aurora Borealis. Yes. Yes. Steamed hams. <laughs> yeah. At this time of year? I, I'm just... I'm so tired. Your... <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out there. You can do the work. It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> We're recording this. Right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a so that is now oh, a, cultural, a cultural shorthand. It now. is, isn't it? Um, what is it? It's, it's an, uh, <laughs> steamed. No, no, no. What's the, uh, it's from uh, New York State. Uh, I'm from Albany. I've never heard steam hams. Oh, it's from Utica. Oh, Utica. <laughs> I've never seen a castle in the Ouroboros. 
Well, in Utica, we have an oh, entire city. An entire city. <laughs> Located in time within the northern Borealis. <laughs> in your kitchen. In your kitchen. May I see it? No. no. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so he was very dashing. And there was that one line, I just will say, with Roger yelling at, because Lyra wants to go north with Lord Azrael. And, uh, and she runs onto his airship. But by the and, way, like, I mean, I'm, I'm on board with almost every single fantasy name. That one's a little on the nose. Lord Azrael. Lord Azrael. What is Azrael? That's another. Azrael's the angel of death. Oh, is it? In Christian mythology. Oh. Or in Jewish mythology and Kabbalah and stuff. Oh, I would have thought I'd remember that. Anyway. It, it's spelled differently. But, oh, right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yes, yeah, so he yells, Roger yells, she's different. She's special. And then James McAvoy, <laughs> sta- again, I just thought it was slightly overdone. He's like yeah. standing on the side of an airship, just yells, everyone's special. <laughs> And maybe, I, just maybe, he could have said, stop working for free. <laughs> That's it. You're a 10-year-old boy. You shouldn't be in the gig economy. <laughs> this is not a side hustle. <laughs> Don't do this. Um, but yeah, so I think because of airships, he's traveling in airships, the Egyptians traveling canal boats. Mm. So I think those modes of transport are modern but old it's yes. that alternate universe sure yeah yeah thing. exactly yeah there's lots of lots of cool anachronisms so first up episode because you will know we call this will we call this steampunk like is this it's not really steampunk because it's not like set in the past but like it has airships there's, which i think is automatic qualification it, it, for well, steampunk. yes that's right yeah. airships are airships are default steampunk but there's not a lot of sort of people wearing very tight corsets and pirate, yes. pirate hats although and, there's a lot there's there's a lot of people wearing lovely looking leather jackets with big fur collars that oh, seems yeah. like like whoever did the art direction like the, the costume direction on this <laughs> love those jackets everyone's wearing there them. was a sale somewhere <laughs> yeah, yeah right we, i want we can, 50 of these we can put the whole cast in these it's it's like it's an alternate universe it's fine they, they, they wear these it's fine it's just what everyone wears <laughs> Everyone's got a fur line jacket. It's crazy. Well, wait till you see. I think the photos of well, Lin Manuel oh. Miranda have been like a long. Yes, well, that's jacket. what I mean. He's got a le- he's got a fur line leather duster. Yeah, yeah, yeah duster. That's the word. <laughs> uh, so now that we've talked about his dark materials, we will look forward to the next one of those. I do. If I can just say, like, like I I found it confusing, but I'll, I'm definitely interested, and we'll we'll watch the next one. Brilliant. And not just because we're doing a podcast. <laughs> It's good, yeah, and it's good that it's week to week. It'll give us a bit yeah, of time yeah. to sit it's and think cool. on it. Yeah, to, to but um, it, it was no Game of Thrones opening episode for me. Absolutely not. Yeah. And actually, thank you for yeah, thank you for reminding me because I wanted to draw the comparison. It might be a bit unfair, but I feel like if you look at the very first episode of Game of Thrones, first of all, no opening crawl. Yeah. No, like the world of Westeros. The seasons are different. <laughs> there are kings and queens, dragons, but they haven't been seen for many years. <laughs> there you was know, once a there race was of once a race of white walkers, you know, white walkers who used to kill everyone. The, yeah. But they've been gone. Yeah, that's it's right. fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Surely won't come back. Um, <laughs> now yeah. to set our scene. Whispers in the in north. The north. Yeah. That, you know, um, none of that. None of that. And mm. you know, not. I even... was so bamboozled by that first pre-credit sequence of Game of Thrones. You know? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so, but, in, a, but in a great way. In a great way. You know, like, a, it, it what sets is going up, on? It sets up the wall. It sets up the, the, Night's, basic, Watch. the Night's Watch. It sets up the fact that there's the whites a, a and threat the white coming walkers. from the north. Yeah. And then it, it immediately goes to Ned Stark beheading a man. And yeah. you're intrigued. You're in. Yeah. Like, well, I thought this. he was the bad guy at that point. I was like, oh, he just killed the guy who saw the bad thing. That's not very nice. <laughs> then realized, no, no, no. He's the good guy. He'll go far. Yeah, yeah. 
He's around he's, for the long Yeah, that's time. it. He's, he's a typical leading man type. They mm. do well in this sort of universe. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so no no Game of Thrones opening episode. There was no Game of Thrones opening episode, but I was intrigued and I want to see more. And I think it's, it's it'll be interesting to see how it all comes together. Uh, whether whether the rest of the series will feel as rushed and as deliberate as the first episode. Okay. So let, let's now spend some time talking about the other show that we're both enjoying. <laughs> the show that... Um, the show that I possibly should have been recapping because it's way more confusing. Yeah, it's, it's really it's really hit the uh, and it's hit its stride hit now. The stride. And that is Watchmen. Oh boy, yes, yeah. I'm excited. Let's to do talk our about let's this. do our minute challenge. Let's do the minute challenge. Um, so you want me to go first? Because like, uh, yeah, you, you go, go, first. Right. go first. Yep. Because you know more about the Watchmen than I do. Yes. First thing I wrote down was Big Blue Wang. Um, <laughs> I should say Big Big Blue Electronic Wang because yes. that was that was quite a reveal. Mm. Uh, Silk Spectre. Yes. Coffin Bomb. Coffin Bomb. <laughs> I, I didn't write down Coffin Bomb. Uh, oh, yeah. Silk Spectre's line. What's the difference between a mask? Or do you know the difference between a mask cop and a vigilante? No. Me no, neither. Me neither. Uh, jokes to Mars. Line. Dropped car on Sister Knight's car mm-hmm. on Silk Spectre. We assume that was Dr. Manhattan. I assume. Uh, something confront Bison. Ozymandias in suit oh, yes. again, uh, making spacesuits. Is he on Mars? Yes. Okay, you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, my one, the very first thing that I wrote was Big Blue Dong. Because uh, I think that, that was everyone's... Interesting. I that was with Wang. You Wang, went with, with Dong. Dong. Interesting, yeah. yeah. When in reality, it's a vibrator. <laughs> um, I'm going to put a poll on the page. Then the second, <laughs> which, Wang, Wang or Dong? Dong. <laughs> which, which possibly offensive to Southeast Asian people is, um, yeah, no, that's, it's just, it's a thing. It's, it's not, I didn't make Vietnam have the dong as the currency. I didn't do that, Stu. That wasn't me. No. I can't that help was, it that, that whenever you're in Vietnam. Vietnam and buy something, you giggle. That was the people in because Vietnam I'm who immature. ironically in this universe are a member of the United States. Yeah, they're a state. Yeah, they're a state they're in the United state. States. Um, uh, the second thing that I wrote was also Silk Spectre with an exclamation oh, mark. Oh, wow. Because, oh boy, is, is, is she great. She's um, great. Uh, no one cares about Rorschach, which I, I thought was a great line. Um, in the in the, uh, the FBI briefing where they're doing the thing, um, there's a picture of uh, Dale Peaty, the, the, uh, the FBI agent, puts up a uh, text of Rorschach's journal and the, the director oh. says, what the hell is this? Was he the guy doing the slideshow? The yes. one that you talked about? Yeah, so that's having Del all the background. That's Del Pitti. Ah. Yeah, he's doing all the background info. He said, "Oh, I thought we should, you know, the Seventh Cavalry wear Rorschach masks. We should know who Rorschach was." Mm. And the guy says, "Is it the 1980s?" No one gives a fuck about Rorschach. What was funny? What I did notice about when it, the slide of that slide, the journal entry was my birthday. <laughs> it was the 13th of October. I went, "That's my birthday." Very nice. I would have been <coughs> years old yes. at that journal entry. <laughs> Actually, no, I wouldn't have been born. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I wasn't alive in the 80s it wasn't my fault you can't pin any of it on me um, the next thing I wrote on my list was poor Dan Dreberg um, who is Night Owl from the comics yes uh, he and Laurie were in a relationship for a long time and they were fighting crime together when they both got caught uh, and she took a deal and became an FBI agent and he did not take a deal and he's still in a prison cell which is what uh, when Keen visits her in her apartment he talks about he sees the owl in the cage. Oh, that's right? his and he owl. he says, you can get the owl out of the cage if you want, if you make a deal. Right? And he's talking oh. about Dan. He's talking about Night Owl. Right. Right. But 
you know, I'm saying poor Dan Dreberg, and I wrote this, I, I put this up on Twitter uh, when I saw the episode. I'm like, poor Dan Dreberg sitting somewhere in a cell thinking about Laurie on the outside. Meanwhile, Laurie pulls out a foot long blue dildo. <laughs> She's looking after his owl, so... <laughs> yes. And yeah. I love the fact his name was Who, and they did like a little yeah. Who's on first. <laughs> yeah. Had a little Who's on first moment. <laughs> What's his name? Who? No, his name. The owl. Yeah. <laughs> third base. Um, speaking of third base, giant blue dong. Yeah. Um, wow. It was it was a moment. The other, the other thing... That, I uh, need that as a gif. I've got to make that into a gif and just put that... <laughs> just her put, putting the thing it, together. It, it, just whenever, whenever you're like sort of a bit tired with the world yes. and you need and what is the reaction that that gif best encapsulates like oh, i'm tired and need to get relaxed giant blue wang yep <laughs> wang dong sorry um the next thing on my list was i said they dunked on marvel and dc uh which i thought was quite cool um so uh i think it's mr mr midnight or or Mr. The Shadow. Guy running, Mr. Shadow. The guy robbing name. the bank yeah. looked like that man. Well, he wasn't robbing the bank. This is the point. He was, oh, he was, he was trying, he was to, trying stop to stop them robbing the robbery, bank. Yes. But he's a vigilante. Yes. Who looks like Batman. looked a lot like Batman, <laughs> I didn't did, I was like, that guy looks like Batman. Looks yeah. a lot like Batman, except kind of a sad, pathetic like kind of Batman, which is kind of the point of Watchmen in all its forms, is that superheroes, if they actually existed, would be kind of sad Shit. and yeah. frightening. Because as um, we all know, a cape is not a practical no, item of clothing. That's where this—that's where that idea comes from. Um, oh, does it? Yeah, there, there's a there's a um, there's a superhero in the 30s called Dollar Bill, who is a who actually gets set up as a bank's mascot, who is also an active superhero, and trying to fall a bank robbery, his cape gets stuck in a revolving door and he gets shot to death. <laughs> right, and so that's. That's how, and that's from Watchmen. That's from Watchmen. Oh the right, comic. Oh, the comic. And okay. so that that's kind of permeated through pop culture now, where no capes. Yeah. You know, um, that, that was in that was in the Incredibles, like you know, oh, okay. no capes, darling. Yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, no, I thought that was really interesting. But they also said, um, so Laurie is a vigilante hunter, so she's an ex vigilante mm. who now hunts vigilantes. She knows how they. She work. knows how they think, and she. Uh, they they have the conversation of, oh, um, I see you you captured the Revenger. Right, and, and she was like, no, 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 that was last week. This, this guy was uh, Mr. Midnight or whatever. Mr. Shadow. Mr. Shadow, yeah. Right, so the Revenger, oh, I like thought was Avenger. maybe Avenger. Yeah. Like, you know, so they're saying, like, Laurie can capture, like, the, the Avengers and Batman. <laughs> I don't know. They, they might be reading too much into it. It's but. good reading, though. It's good, yeah. a, good anal- <laughs> analysis, Stu. Um, from there, I just wrote down, uh, Laurie is the best character on TV right now. Wow. Um, she is... After one episode. Fantastic. I love her. Uh, really, really cool. And she's totally, like, we, what we didn't say with the big blue wang, is she gets that out and then goes, ah, and goes next door. <laughs> because, totally bangs the 30-year-old. Yeah, absolutely. You like, know, basically, young or basically bangs the intern. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, and he's fine with it. Yeah. She's just like, eh, hey. Like, <laughs> you go, girl. Absolutely. Damn. She's getting into it. I mean, Jean Smart is 68. Yeah. She is, I mean, it doesn't look it. She is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but, that, but that's roughly what age Silk Spectre would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, she's exactly. Sort of she, she's very much age appropriate. Odd, yeah. She's 30 odd in the comic yeah. when we see her, and that's 1985, and so she yeah. would be in her 60s. Yeah. yeah. So, like, she's age appropriate. Um, she it, it is, It's a start turn. Like, yeah. it's so, so good. Yeah. I was I was captivated the entire time she was on screen. It's amazing. Oh, wow. Like, gonna... really, really good. Just because... She's like, got a sugar just because, like, mommy. <laughs> well, the... the 
the, the character in the in the graphic novel is relatively passive for a lot of it. Like she's kind of she's she's attached to Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. She sort of like just hangs around Doctor Manhattan, and then she sort of comes along with Dan Dreberg Night Owl mm-hmm. as he sort of rediscovers himself. But by the end of the novel, she's taken a very active role in in her own life and in the story, mm. and she's discovered several things about herself that you know um, about her backstory. Like her backstory features quite heavily into the plot of the of the graphic novel yeah because her dad's the her com- dad is a comedian, comedian which is a, a twist in, yeah. the, in the novel like that's a that's a revelation yeah. yeah towards the end of the book um and so we we find out uh she mentions her dad was found in a cupboard or something yeah because oh, because this because, is the thing yeah. the opening scene of watchman is rorschach investigating the comedian's apartment and finding his secret costume Oh. Right, and so that scene in episode two with Angela doing almost the exact same yeah, thing, yeah, like yeah. searching the apartment of a murdered colleague, Cop, yeah. finds his secret costume. Um, there's a lot of echoes mm. like that, which are very well done, that, that are plot specific, but also call back to yes. the original in a very satisfying way. Yeah. The show is very well put together. Yeah, it's very cool. Like you know, it does stuff like that 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 is very clever, but isn't like that doesn't feel knowingly clever, like isn't like, look how clever we're being. Yeah. You know, it's a plot thing, I, but also I, it ties in. I've never seen that Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm. but it to me seems like the kind of show that would be like, oh, well, looks like New York just got trashed because of the Avengers. Like, I, <laughs> I, I could be totally wrong. I've never seen it, but that's... I only, Watchmen's not doing that. It's not I like... dropped away from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. very quickly because it's not a very good show. Oh, um, really? But, yeah, unfortunately. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it kind of did a lot of that stuff, like a lot of very showy. Oh, we're Shield, like in those movies. You like, you know, <laughs> look all, over here. It's all the same universe until it's not really anymore. <laughs> you know, but this this doesn't, and so it's it's not distracting for me as not knowing all those twists, but it's mm. satisfying for you. It's like when I guess the closest I can remember is when I was watching Sherlock for the first time. Yes, and at one point. Um, in that first one and Sherlock goes, oh, this is a three patch problem and throws three nicotine yes, patches yeah. on himself. Referring to the three pipe three problem. Pipe problem yeah. And then he, there's five pips and then mobile phone pips, yes, not orange yeah, that pips. Was, that was very close, so yeah. there's just lovely little touches like that, that I went, ah, and, and, um, Greg from the smart enough to know better podcast, who I was watching it with at the time went, I don't get it. And I was like, ah, because of this, uh, I could, see. I could be all like smug and go, well, I, I get this inside joke. You could, you could be smug in a way that the show was not being. That's right. Yes. Yeah. I get to own the smugness yes, and exactly. that's what I want as a viewer. And I assume you do too, cause you get Absolutely. to go, ah, yes. but then you have moments like Big Blue Dong where nobody needs to, everyone can just that enjoy really, that for that what it was. Everyone by surprise. I mean, the thought process is, did that already exist? Did she have it specially made? <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, no, I, I think, like... Dr. Can, we retitle, can we retitle this podcast? Big Blue Dog? Big Blue Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Raven Dong? Be- <laughs> <Ta-da>. <laughs> Welcome back to Raven Dong. I shouldn't laugh so much at that. I'm a grown woman. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I find the word dong so funny? Sorry. I'm a mature woman who... Um, <clears throat> yes. Um, 
Ah, yes. Uh, 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 sorry, I was I was saying something about is it made, and you were about to say something. No, I, th- I think like I interrupted. Uh, Doctor Manhattan in is the most famous person in the world because of course he is. He's a blue god who walks among people, um, and he's been living on Mars for the last like you know twenty years. But before 30. that, he was thirty years. But before that, he was an active superhero, you know, and so he was a presence in the world. Mm. He was. And I think, you know, he, and for much of that time, he was just a big naked man who would like walk around. I'm sure that left a cultural impression, you know, like I'm sure that that thing, because and I, I, I didn't realize this oh, on the first time around. Oh, that's what you mean by cultural uh, yes, impression. Exactly, yes, Well, the, I didn't realize uh, the first time I'm sure around. she's being very impressed culturally by, sure. <laughs> that's quite the impression. That I'm the, sure it is. That makes sense. <laughs> It's quite the deep and impression. Good. It's quite um, it's quite girthy too. I mean, really, when you think about it, like it's not, like it's not. Anyway, but what I missed was it didn't have the little hydrogen symbol like carbon. Sure, yes. I feel like yes, no, that's what I was missing. Because I researched Doctor Manhattan. You see, yes, I had of to course. do some research, and I watched all these clips from the Watchmen movie of right. him like being made. Yes, and yeah, his coming, origin, story, his origin stuff, yeah. story sort of thing. And then when he appears and he just appears like Jesus. Yeah. But I was reading that they gave him in the comics and the movies, they crafted his genitals like the Statue of David where you play down the genitals. Yes. So it's like an art- artistic body as opposed to he's just a big giant naked dude. It's like, yes. oh, look, he's, he's remade himself well, he's a, in he's perfect, a perfect physical a perfect form. perfect physical specimen. But you yeah. downplay mm. the genitals. Um, but obviously the vibrator, vibrator companies are not <laughs> down. Well, if anyone's going to not, but yes, I researched that he carved cause I, for some reason I always thought he was like not corporeal. Like he was kind no, of, no, he's physical. He, he's he doesn't totally have to physical. be. He can, he can go intangible if he wants. He has complete control over the molecules. That's true. Body. Yes. Yes. But the, the point is, I um, keep, whenever I talk to Greg about this and I keep saying, oh, but can he do this? He's like, no, he's, he's a God. Yes. He can do whatever he, he wants. I'm anything. like, but can he, no, he can do anything. That, that's what I love about the Watchmen <laughs> universe is that everyone is just a person in a mask, except for Dr. Manhattan, who is a living God. <laughs> Like, it's not like he's like Luke Cage with super strength or so, you know, he's or Spider-Man or something like he's past Superman levels of power. Yeah. Like all the power yeah. in the universe. Uh, and everyone else is just a person in a mask punching people. <laughs> it's an insanely lopsided universe. It's crazy. <laughs> he can do that. There is no need for other superheroes because you just send him. Yeah. Because he can multiply himself. I'm sure if they, were, if they were trying to, if they were trying to, if, if Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons were trying to do it from scratch, I'm sure they would have made it a bit more balanced. They would have tried to get a bit more different characters in there. But the reason that's like it is, is because the characters they were basing it on was the Charlton Comics yes, characters. there's like that, but they didn't use them. DC, for copyright DC bought the Charlton characters outright, and so there were there was characters like the Question, which is Rorschach, and Captain Adam, who was Doctor Manhattan, um, and Captain Adam is a is a test pilot who was caught in a in a nuclear experiment, and basically in a similar way to Doctor Manhattan becomes non corporeal, but is kept corporeal by like a, a special suit that they make for him. So he looks a lot like Dr. Manhattan, but he's, his whole deal is that he's this incorporeal like energy being, basically, who can do all this cool stuff. Mm. And uh, Alan Moore wanted to use these characters in the same way that he does with all these characters. And DC saw what he was doing and said, no, we'd like to use those characters again, and you are ruining them. 
So can you please just tweak them all to make them off-brand versions of the Charlton right. characters? Okay. And so that's why all the characters are the way they are, and that's why yeah. there's this there's this weird mix of characters. But they still exist. Like there are still comics. Being... Oh yeah, yeah. Like Blue, I, Blue I Beetle did... is Night Owl, and Blue Beetle is still in comics today. Like like he's a very popular character. No, no. But I was reading it on well on Wikipedia, but mm. you know there's a lot of nerds who are very dedicated. <laughs> yes. Um, and they were. Uh, that it was saying like, oh, in this series, in this series, Doctor Manhattan does this, and then he's in a Batman. Yeah, that they they've just just recently for a long, long time, Watchmen was sacred. Like you didn't touch it, you didn't like like no one. DC owned it outright, and it's a big it's a big bone of contention with Alan Moore, which is why his show why his name's not anywhere near the show, and his name wasn't anywhere near. Yes, the, it's not even like based on characters created no, by. No, no, or... it's, it's based on characters co-created by Dave Gibbons. That's the very specific oh. wording that they have to use because Alan Moore is the author. So he's cool for his art characters to be there, but Alan Moore is. Alan Moore is not okay with it because he feel because that the deal that they had was that. They created these characters for DC. Um, they, they were going to use the Charlton characters, but then they ended up creating their own based on the Charlton characters, but technically they're all new characters. So the deal was they could DC could publish the, the comic books until the first until the collected graphic novel went out of print. And it never went out of print because it's the most famous graphic novel. Right. In the world. So it's a victim of its own success. Moore and Gibbons would have... The rights would have reverted to them once the book went out of print. But they could just And they could have done whatever they wanted with it. Right. But the book was so popular. It wasn't even a malicious move on DC's part. The book was so popular so quickly, uh, it just has never been out of print. It's the most famous graphic novel on the planet. Yeah. So it's a victim of its own success. And so the rights never reverted to Moore and Givens. Mm. And Alan Moore has always been like frustrated and angry by it and hates DC Comics and comics yeah. the industry in general. He seems it. an odd fellow. He's a very odd fellow. He's, yeah. a, he's, a, he is literally a wizard. Um, <laughs> like, like, he's like a druid or he's something. He's a druid. Yeah. Like, he, he worships a Roman snake god called Glycon because he, <laughs> because he knows for a fact that Glycon in Roman times was a... A snake puppet so he knows that glycon doesn't exist so he worship he he's a he's a priest in the temple in the in the cult of glycon because he knows that glycon doesn't exist that, that's the type of person alan moore is he's a very interesting man if you ever if you've ever like seen an interview with him he is actually very he has he has his deep north uh northumberland accent uh or northampton accent rather he's from northampton he's lived there his whole life he's a a very deep voice, and he talks very slowly. <laughs> about very, you know, but he's also quite funny. But you have to pay attention because they all—it's very dry. Yeah, very yeah. dry humor. Um, but you know, he's he's a very uh, intelligent man. But he is mad as a cut snake. <laughs> mad as a cut snake. <laughs> mad puppet. as a cut snake puppet. Yeah. Um, so. We've gotten uh, very far off track. Yeah. No, we're still talking about Watchmen, but yeah. um, it, it's. So this story was introducing Silk Spectre. Basically, yeah, re- She's reintroducing sent to Silk Tulsa Spectre to this universe because they think the Seventh Cavalry is uh, on the rise again. Yeah, exactly. Like, like she's the, there to track them. The down. FBI is is like these these people are obviously a threat again. We need to send someone, and we don't trust the Tulsa PD because they wear masks. Which we yeah, find that out, came up as a bone we, of contention. This is really yeah. interesting. So I I thought that this was an America wide thing, like that this was something that. 
you know, just had happened across America, but it turns out it's just Tulsa. Mm. Or maybe Tulsa and one other place. Or apparently. that state, Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, and it seems like this is an experiment. Yeah, because the senator says, oh, other states are looking at doing it now. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, that, that's an interesting wrinkle because it puts the Tulsa PD almost like outside the rest of law enforcement in the way that vigilantes are, mm. which is very interesting. Though Hence it, her comment, you know, what do you... What exactly. Is the well, oh, between, yeah, yeah, that's such a badass line. Like, she hits the ground and is the most badass character in the show. Yeah, and yeah. she's and a it's a, and that's old woman. considering that you know Sister Knight has been pretty bad. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and has been. And but you, you, you definitely like. It, it's that thing where the show wants to establish that okay, that character that you thought was awesome, this one, this character is ten times more awesome. Yeah. Than that character. But that can fall really flat if they don't do it properly. Yeah. Except they, they totally nail they it. They did it really well. They absolutely nail it. Like, yeah. like the idea that she was an A-list superhero back in the day. Like, like that she was a superhero. Yeah. And that she has she has that history with with vigilantism. She knows what she's talking she about. She knows what she's talking mm. about. And so she comes to the she comes to the um, to Tulsa and sees all the cops acting like vigilantes. Yeah, like Red Scare and, and Pirate just, Jenny. And Pirate Jenny, yeah, which, which I, I hadn't heard yeah. that name before. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Pirate she was driving, Jenny? She was flying the owl ship. In yes, the, in the I know episode. that, but I, I didn't um, catch her name at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. So it's literally Pirate Jenny. Yeah. And it's That's like what a kid calls themselves. That's right, exactly. Like What I love is that like these people were all police officers, or they, they were asked to be police officers after the, the White Knight. And... They've now decided, like, they, they've obviously had a conversation at some point. Okay, so you're going to have to wear a mask. What's your superhero name going to be? You know, like, like come up with a persona. Yeah, and they're detectives as opposed to they're, the, they're the all beat the cops who yeah, exactly. are in the yellow masks. The beat cops are in uniforms. Detectives. Just like in a police department, like, yeah. the detectives are in plain clothes. Except they're not. They're Except in superhero clothes. They're, they're allowed to be in... So the detectives are allowed to come up with, like, a superhero name and, and a superhero costume. Yeah. Basically. Except... Some of them have taken it more seriously than others, <laughs> which I love that, like, you know, you've got Sister Knight who has this elaborate, awesome costume. Yeah, yeah. And it's themed. Like, she's got the, there's a... She sprays her eyes very deliberately she, yeah, with she, the uh, cover spray. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. She has a very striking profile. And then you've got someone like Pirate Jenny who just has, like, a lace mask on and street clothes, basically. And, and, a, and well, a bandana. And a bandana. Yeah. She has a bandana. And Red Scare's in a tracksuit. Red, red Scare is, a, is in a red balaclava <laughs> and a red tracksuit. Which I love. It's like he, that, went, to, that actually he says, went to Lowe's. Yeah, exactly. Like that says a lot about his character. Do you need a superhero outfit and don't have a big budget? At Lowe's. Red tracksuits. Free for 50 bucks. <laughs> don't show up blood. Um, yeah, and she's so unimpressed by them too when she rocks That's them. She's like, hi, um, what are you doing? <laughs> but I And then, oh yeah, and says, is like, sir, are your rights being violated? I'm with the FBI, your rights being violated. And he's like, yes, they did not read me my render rights. She's like, shut up, I actually don't I, care. I actually don't care. <laughs> and then she talks to Looking Glass. Yes. Who's, who who is, and, very, is a very Rorschach figure yes, in many ways. He, he yeah. is, that whole like not showing his face and yeah. seems to have a very clear good and evil sort of take on the world yeah. um and then has as she puts it a racism detection yeah that's right he's like he's it, like here's my complicated thing a, it oh is, it's a racism it's a racist detector <laughs> which sure yeah. yeah absolutely that's great i love yeah i, I love that what um, was their conversation about again i can't remember she needs to find out 
who Angela is. Like, like she she knows, but she wants to confirm with him oh, yeah, who yeah, Sister yeah. Knight is. Yeah. So that she can, like, talk to her. Talk to her. Um, which she does. At the uh, funeral. At the funeral. Which was so good. So good. And I love that, I, actually, that's an interesting uh, wrinkle in the whole thing because... She, uh, Senator Keane, is uh, about to be abducted by a 7th Cavalryman yes. wearing a suicide vest. Uh, and he says, oh, it's attached to my heart. And if you kill me, it'll explode. Boom. He's shot in the head. Yeah. By, uh, by Silk Spectre. Like, she's, she's a badass. Yeah. Like, like, pistol shot, Just bam, through the head. Yeah. Um, except he wasn't lying. It, yeah. is, it is connected to her heart. And I love that later on she says... I've, I've dealt with a million of these bozos. They always say it's connected to their heart and it never, never is. is. <laughs> but then Sister Knight has to, she drags the corpse, throws it in the coffin. Once I realized what she was, so throws it in the grave. Throws it in the grave, yeah. Once I realized what she was doing, I was in hysterics. I was like, that is the best idea, but also the most unintentionally hilarious. Yes, exactly. And yeah. disrespectful it's, idea. It's, it's very blackly humorous, but which it's is the great. most appropriate thing to do. Yeah. You can throw the coffin in it and defraze the impact of the blast. And you know, like you could even say that, like Judd, you know, fell on one last, yeah, last one grenade last, for his yeah. friends. But now there was some talk about wanting to exhume his body because they didn't do a toxicology That's report. That's it. And Laurie keeps saying like they, they just didn't ass- do a toxicology they, yeah, report. Yeah, they assumed that there was it was he was hanged. It clear cut. Yeah. But then she says, "Oh, there were wheelchair marks at the scene." Yes, which is obviously like she's mm. done a bit of detective work and mm. figured out that something happened there and is on to, is knows that Angela isn't telling her the whole truth. Yeah. She just doesn't But then know what did it we is. know of him being the, the toxic did we know of him take Oh, cocaine. Well, he had he would have had cocaine. He took cocaine. System. Yeah, yeah. He took and cocaine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um which is why there was no tox screen done. Like Angela would have just rushed that through. Um Yes, not to disgrace yeah. him. Exactly. So, mm. uh yeah, so, so there was no talk screen down, and she sees that as very sloppy. She sees it as very sloppy police work. Uh, but yeah, she knows something's up. So, you know, th- these two characters, one of whom we instantly like love as soon as she appears, but then the other who we've come to, to know and, and respect, yeah. respect over the last like two episodes, they're now butting heads, which I love. But no, she's not perfect because, you know, she did interrogate a guy... You know, oh, yeah. how, how Looking Glass says, after a secondary interrogation. After a secondary interrogation, you know, I was not present for that. I was not present. Yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, you beat the shit out of him. You know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so she's she's a cop, but she's got the willingness to do yes. things outside of the rules. Sure. Whereas Silk Spectre is coming in quite rules. Well, from, from the opposite direction. Yeah. Like she was someone who was a vigilante operating outside yeah. of the law and yeah. now is very much a part of the law. Mm. But then you wonder how committed she is to that specifically because that was a deal that she took to stop going to prison. So you wonder if she... I don't know. She seems genuinely... um, Genuinely kind of jack of vigilantes. And that's the thing. Like, Like, I can understand that as a character motivation because, again, her character is someone who, even in the graphic novel, was almost over being a vigilante but was kind of drawn back and, to that life but, like, but the thing is is that it's 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 the age it's the lessons of age yeah. i think from what i understand of, of and having you know uh, not specifically read the the book but read a lot about it and seen yeah. the movie is she was kind of dazzled she was younger she was sort of dazzled her mother mm. had been a superhero so it was kind of a hey i'm young and look my boyfriend is dr manhattan yeah. and it's a bit glamorous and all that sort of stuff but then having seen Ozymandias 
burn the world or drop a squid or yeah. I think maybe had that revelation of like, what the hell are we doing? Mm. And I could see that as being someone who's gone, I was young and stupid and I was on that side and I know that she she identified more in the end with the Mr. Shadow going, that's what I looked like. I looked like yeah, I can't. I can't believe I used to do pathetic, this. Pathetic, you know, person yeah, trying to yeah. stop crime when we have law enforcement and actual professionals ready to do it. Mm. Like she was so with the Batman guy, she was so like, "Nah, I framed you. You suck." Like she was so dismissive <laughs> of him, and he was like, "Oh crap!" Like, you know, there was just no respect there. There was yeah. no. It was like she was just cleaning up a dog poo on the sidewalk. Pavement, the, sorry, pavement. But I, but I, I also wonder how much of that is kids these days. You know what I mean? Like, like, like we we used to be real superheroes. You guys are just pretending. You guys are in costumes. But then, her mother was a superhero. Like this yes. whole thing with the, the the American hero story thing, which what, yeah. didn't really feature this week. Um, no, no, it didn't, did it? No. Uh, but that seemed that's you know she would have been a kids these days to the Minutemen's generation um a little bit she she wasn't really she was quite enamored like the original silk specter was quite enamored of the whole lifestyle she was very much a sort of 1930s 40s yeah she was a good, like good time girl yeah, yeah bombshell sort of figure um and she got her it, it's it's a very um uh i want to say like debbie reynolds carrie fisher sort of relationship in the okay. sense that like she kind of pushed her daughter into doing the same thing yeah. that she was doing. And her daughter kind of reacted to it in a very different way. Like she, she very much like, like Laurie uh, got into it, but she always kind of was embarrassed by her mother and was embarrassed by the older and, heroes. And that's what makes me think that she's the one who's very much become the pragmatic. What we did was wrong. Mm. I'm not defending it. I'm here to stop other people doing it. Cause it's just stupid. You're wasting everyone's time. Maybe, you know. maybe, yeah. And yeah. look, she's she, calling she, Doctor Manhattan she, yeah. in space yes. somehow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And was that? I want to talk about that because it was that like a counselling helpline that you can call Doctor Manhattan. That seems to be a common thing in this world where if you want to go and talk to someone, you can talk to Doctor Manhattan, and he's always listening. Because he could, he could just have parts of himself. Well, exactly, but they've obviously set it up as like a, a free service if you want to contact Mars. You can you can do that. Yeah, because there are those little booths. Because again, like, like I mean, you know, if 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 like we're we're working on the assumption that this all exists, if that makes sense. Like like the whole conceit of it is, what if this was real? What yes. if this actually existed? How would the world warp and twist around these outsized characters? And imagine if there was someone who was bright blue and literally a god. <laughs> you know, like how would that affect the world? And yeah. it would probably lead to cults. Yeah, and, yeah. And people like devoted to, you know, worshipping him as a literal god. And maybe they do it and as a way to keep him safe. Keep, sorry, to keep him not angry well, at them. Well, but, but I get the I get the impression that, you know, it, it's something that a service that they offer people if they, you know, it's like a prayer booth. It's like going to church and confessing or something, you know. Mm. It's like you you, you go got to limited a, time. You can only do it for a while. You yeah, leave yeah, a yeah. message for yeah, Dr. Manhattan. You leave Manhattan. a message for Dr. Manhattan on, a, on an answering service. And what did you think about her joke? I thought it was great. Because it, it was really well done. It was done. the setup the where setup she punchline. was telling one and then went, oh no, I stuffed up that joke. Yeah. Let me tell another joke. And then at the end she says, oh, I'm the girl. I was the girl who threw the brick. Yeah. And nobody knows. So she was, it's one of those ones where I wish I could explain what makes it really clever, but I can't. <laughs> no, like, exactly. Well, well, oh, that's it... clever. It distracted you by pretending she'd stuffed up, but she hadn't. But she she had just drawn you up. on a different way. But 
but what it makes is it me about? it makes me wonder if that is thematically tying into the broader plot and themes of the of the show, right? That we're because not looking in the right. We're direction. not looking at the right thing, or uh, you know that there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff in this episode in particular that made me think of Mister X in the comic book. Okay. Um, that I don't know I'd necessarily spoilery if I talk about them, but things like the comedian, like the things that Adrian Veet was doing or Veit, I think everyone calls him Veit. Right, I, yeah. I, I, I had always, I've never heard it said out loud. And so I'd always pronounced it Veet in my head. Well, to me, it looks like Veet when yeah, you've yeah. written it. But, but everyone was saying Veit. Veit so yeah. I guess it's Adrian Veit who we'll talk about in a second. Yes. But, um, but uh, you know, there, there's juxtaposition between him and Keen. And in the, in the comic, you think that Adrian Veit is one of the good guys still. Like he's an ex-hero, but he's like the golden man. He's the smartest man in the world. He's a perfect physical specimen. He, you know, has a multi-million, he's a multi-millionaire philanthropist now who's yeah, trying yeah. to make the world a better place. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the twist, and it is genuinely a twist in the comic, I keep saying. Yeah. Like, is that he's the supervillain. He's been hiding in plain sight the whole time. Like, mm. he, out of a genuine sense of, I need to save the world but I've taken it too far. Like mm. I've gone in this crazy plan. Um, and one of the ways that he does that in the book is he has an attempt on his life set up. Right. right. In, the, in the book, he has someone try to kill him and then he foils that assassination yeah, attempt. Yeah, and here we have... And this. the person dies. Seventh and cavalry so now member. we have a seventh cavalry member trying Clean to cut. abduct. I'm Senator from Oklahoma. King. I've got a beautiful, kind accent, and I'm going to run for president because I'm clean cut. But then I wonder. I do wonder. Are they making a statement? Am that? I being triple bluffed here? Yeah. Like, you know, like and does because Damon Lindelof knows that people like me know that. Yes. And so I wonder if he's like. That would that would be an insane level of. Like, I suppose detail, given but, the amount of you know. Because I, I haven't read any um, recaps or anything of, of Watchmen. Sure. Um, and uh, deliberate, deliberately so, but yeah. also because I've been really enjoying it. And, and time, I just haven't had the time. No. Um, <laughs> but considering there would be so many geeks and nerds and keynos, I say that yeah. respectfully. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. The same way with Game of Thrones, it's just boards with people going, oh, I think this and this and what about this? Like he would know that that's a huge part of mm. a show like Watchmen now. Sure. How does he lay traps so that people can still feel like they're getting things, but then be like, "Oh, I missed that," and but yeah. in a fun way, like not in a. Yeah, no, no. Oh, I've, I missed been, that. I've, ah, been, I've been, I've been, I've been, yeah. So it it is um, interesting. Uh, Greg messaged both of us. I think what Wednesday morning or Tuesday morning or something, yes, saying, yeah. "I think it might be the best TV show I've seen for quite a long time." Yeah, and just after three episodes, it's like, really grown on yeah. me. Like, like I was, I was nervous heading into it because obviously I'm a big fan of the graphic novel. Mm. Um, I didn't, I I liked the movie, but I think the movie fundamentally misunderstands the graphic novel in several important ways, Mm. which are probably too convoluted to get into here. But, but I just feel like it takes all the wrong messages from the, from the book and amplifies them. Because it's Zack Snyder who's a bit of a, he's he's, he's Zack Snyder. He's a bit of a Republican kind of go woo. Well, not even that. Like, Like he just, the, the book is all about how if superheroes existed in the real world, they'd be slightly sad and pretty scary if you were to meet one. Yeah. And I feel like Zack Snyder sort of focused on the 
isn't it cool that they break people's arms in this? You know, like, like that seems to be what he focused on. Um, he did everything like, like he followed the Look plot. how impractical uh, yeah. Silk Spectre's outfit is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, and, and not only that, like, you know, like Silk Spectre in the comics, like, you know, wears like a silk negligee. Like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's, it would be impractical and weird to have a lady wearing basically lingerie beat the shit out of you. Um, <laughs> which is what, you know, would, was happening. Um, except like Zack Snyder th- turned her outfit into like leather, like a leather catsuit sort of thing. Mm. You know, there, there's a lot of stuff like that where it's like he's doing stuff to make it look cool. It's not supposed to look cool. Like like this right. specifically is not supposed to look cool. Yes. It's supposed to look kind of kitsch, kitschy and sad. Yeah. That's that's the point of it. You know, and, and <clears throat> to the but point... But like what is Looking Glass's hat anyway? Well, exactly, yeah. Like, like what, what is that material? It, you know, yeah, she literally like, put, it's reflected something out of her teeth. see through it. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's very... But I mean, like, you know, what, what is Rorschach's mask? Like, exactly, you know. yeah. But... Um, I, that's what I loved about when we finally get the reveal that you know the the person that we've been seeing in these uh, cutaways is in fact Adrian Veidt, Ozymandias. Yeah, and he puts on his old costume, <laughs> and it looks like a Halloween costume. <laughs> and it should it should look kind of weird and satiny and you know like like like, like the old Batman costume, like a bit baggy around the yeah, ass. a bit a bit a bit paunchy, like like a, like it gathers at the knees and elbows, yeah. like you know it looks like a real thing. That a slightly unhinged man would wear because he wanted to fight crime. You know, that's an insane idea in the real world. So it's, it's crazy. So it's definitely him then, because oh, well, remember we, we, we were we were postulating that maybe, or you there was we, a theory that it was to, maybe Doctor yeah, Manhattan. The, the new theory, like the, the the theory was that maybe this is Doctor Manhattan. The new theory is that maybe this is Adrian Veidt in captivity on Mars. On Mars, yeah. Being kept in captivity. Because I, I think that's what I was. Dr. I was like, but how? What? How do you explain the bison and why they're bison and trees yeah. and everything? And and Greg, I was saying this to Greg, and he was like, because Doctor Manhattan is a god, <laughs> he can make all that. He can just make stuff. He, that's, uh, that's he the just same. would make. I'm like, so who's made the clothes? Although, although he does, are they, thank are they... Adrian Veidt for the trees? He thanks him for the tomato trees. Which is obviously a, which is an interesting uh, line. The, 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 oh, ga- in that the gamekeeper in the letter, the gamekeeper thanks him for the tomato trees, which is interesting. I don't know what's going on. So Adrian Veidt is still making, still doing experiments, still still tinkering. He, he with made things. a suit. He made what appears to be a space suit, a space suit, and a catapult out of skin. Well, out of leather, uh, and and you, you well, assume that's that leather is but, skin. Yeah, like like you really hope that's bison skin and not other types of skin I think it might be but I thought it was other types because anyone I need thicker skin so that's why they went for a bison probably yeah so I assume he's like made, made skin or ki- out of his clones well yeah that's what I'm, that's what I'm right, saying yeah, yeah yeah so he's probably killed a couple of clones yeah Got- but did it was there because when you make leather like that and he's making it quite like you need to tan it they use urine that's how traditionally you kind of so I couldn't think I couldn't I but, thought I might have seen like a glimpse of a splash of Some, know, something imagining something it. occurred to me this week and it's something that I, i've seen written about as well right is that i thought there, there was something weird going on with the fact that he was getting a, a cake every day mm. right or, or every week or whatever it is but maybe we're we're getting a disjointed timeline here like maybe every time we see a cake like that's a year that's gone by right oh. so we've seen three cakes so far so so maybe maybe this is 
a couple of years behind the main action of the of the series, and, and maybe we're him. going to see him catch up to uh, the. That's interesting. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like because, because, and this is a detail that I didn't catch, but people have written about it. There was one candle on the cake in the first scene. There was two candles last week and there was three oh. candles this week. So. Yeah, I did not catch that. Yeah. Like, like I, I didn't understand the significance of the birthday cakes. I kind of wrote it off. I'm like, okay, that's a weird thing that's happening. But. I, I knew it had to represent marker, something. <clears throat> Absolutely. If that's yeah. a time marker where they're saying time is passing, like a year has gone by. Yeah. So he spent the first year making the play. Or yeah, something. and then and it looks the like second the, year making spacesuits or something. The, the second year making, but he just yeah. flung him into space with a trebuchet. Well, but, but well, that's that's what we're assuming. Um, Sorry, a cat's just jumped onto the table with us. Hello, Crystal. You have to rub yourself all over my computer. <laughs> okay, thank you for that. Thanks for being a part of the show. Thanks for being helpful. <laughs> yep. She always likes to. She. I will try to cuddle her, and she'll be like, "No, nah, I'm not that interested." But then she'll come but and like sit right you. on front of my yeah. computer table and be like, hi, just pat me now while I sit here. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'll pick you up and hold you on my lap. And she's like, no, I'm not interested. And then she'll come back onto the... T- I don't understand it. Mm. Cats, weird. Cats, man. They're like Ozymandias. Mm. Just... In- no, can They're you get off? somewhere. Bugger off. No, she's still got to... Look, she's part of the show now. Oh, Stu's giving her a scratch. That's nice. She's very sweet. She's a very sweet cat. She's purring quite loudly. She is purring quite loudly, if you can hear that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I thought um, the, the Ozymandias section in this one uh, raised more questions than an answer. Oh, it was I feel that like, shit. I feel, like last week, I feel like last week gave me a firmer handle on what was going on, and now I'm completely at sea again. Because like, he got the letter saying, you can't do this. Your captivity is very specific, mm. and you can't do this. And he got really animated and said, right, we're going to write a letter. Take, take dictation. And then he starts, and he's, you know, kind of half un, half kind of dressed, striding and around, striding his... around, going, "I will be, I will do what I can do." And I can't remember what he said, but then he's like, "And yours sincerely, Adrian Veidt." Adrian Veidt, yes, and and that's the big reveal of yes, it is who you think it is. Yeah. Um, or is it? Maybe or maybe it's it? another double bluff. Who knows? Yeah. Cat, <laughs> she's just like pet me, Stu. She's just all the way in now. She's your demon. She has no, she has no respect for personal space. I was sitting here the other night trying to watch something or write something, and uh, she came up and knocked over a glass. And while I was trying, I had, I had, I think I had a can of drink like that and a glass. And while I was trying to save the can, she then bumped the glass, which crashed off the table onto the floor, <laughs> spilling water everywhere. And of course, as soon as something loud like that happens, she takes She's off there. and yeah. is like, "Wasn't me, wasn't me, wasn't me." Oh God. <laughs> So I always have to be careful, like with glasses on the table. So that glass just went <laughs> everywhere, and of course I got to try and really, you know, gather it up because otherwise they'll step on it. You know, mm. step on glass fragments <laughs> with their little paws. Sorry, she's very cute. Annoying, but cute. Like all cats. If we were living in a Watchmen universe, you'd be a little Bebastus clone. A what? Little clone pet. Oh. Adrian Veidt's company would make uh, clone pets. Oh, did they? He, he, he developed cloning technology to make a giant squid. Ah, oh, so, so he would clone so he, people's pets. For yeah, you. yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh. he'd make clone, clone pets. Do I want a clone of you though, Crystal? I don't know <laughs> if I do. I don't know if I do. The great thing about um, this cat that I'm babysitting, Albus, or cat sitting, I should say, uh, is when he like paws at you, he doesn't use his claws. So he'll oh, kind right. of like massage you. 
but it'll be nice because he's not sticking his claws in. Yeah, that's it. it. Unlike all of his jerks. Any of my jerks do it. They're just like, crunch, crunch. Like, do you see this? You you have several scratches on you. Massive (laughs) scratches on my chest where I tried to pick her up and then, and on my hand here. And she went, no, and just scratched me. And I was like, oh, that really hurts. So now I look like I've been playing weird kind of saucy games or something. It's like some sort of. Yeah, she's just here now. It's now a cat she's, podcast. She's now, she's now sitting directly in front of me. <laughs> On your notes. Literally demanding that I scratch her, scratch her behind the ears. That's right. Never. I'm just waiting for her to do the thing that all cats do, which is eventually get sick of it and try to bite me. No, she doesn't She doesn't really do that. Hazel will, but um, Crystal doesn't tend to do that. She's not too much of a biter, which is... <laughs> just roll, watch your can, though. She's gonna yeah. about to roll over. She's about to flip onto her back and be like, Hi... <laughs> Hi, you love me. Look at me. I'm so adorable. Meow, 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 meow. So all in all, I'm really enjoying Watchmen. I'm, I'm loving it. And I, I really wish I had started recapping, but it's just a time thing. Yeah. Um, I'm so chronically busy at the moment, uh, but I do mean to, to but, do more. I mean, the great thing is we've now turned this podcast yeah. into a stealth Watchmen, stealth Watchmen podcast, podcast. Which I love. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Big Blue Dong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yes, and it ended with a car being thrown yeah, we, which kind of functions of as a second punchline to Laurie's joke, which is quite interesting. It's the brick falling. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and oh, then she point. laughs and she laughs because like she thinks it's Dr. Manhattan. I guess we're supposed to think it's Dr. Manhattan. Well, but, it came from a big orange. But last, you know, yeah, well, well, that's right. But last episode, we saw a car get lifted into the sky. So yeah. is it the same car? It was Sister Knight's car. I think yeah. it was the same. It was like that car being thrown back down. Yeah. But where's the guy? Where's the company? Who took it? Where's the Who's guy? Who took it? Did Dr. Who Manhattan it? Took, take yeah. it? Yeah. So many questions, but... In a good way. Like, yeah. Yeah. Very much enjoying the mystery of it. It's good. It's good mystery. Uh, again, like, like, I'm so happy that this show is good. And, <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's way better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And it's, it as you say, it's still risky, I guess, because you yeah. never know how they can tie things up. And are they just doing one series? But I suppose they have the potential to do more because they're not restricted to the... They're not doing the novels. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, if it's a success, they can probably do heaps more. I mean, I'm sure they've got got a plan for the nine episodes that they've got set out, but then who knows what they can do afterwards. It's a weird number, isn't it, nine? His Dark Materials is eight. But I feel like eight, yeah, yeah, feels like a number. Although, I mean, nine fits perfectly into a three-act structure. So you've got three episodes, three episodes, three episodes. That's true. Um, That's true. So I don't know if that means anything. Yeah. But and other people have pointed out. I won't take credit for this, but it is a well-known fact that Watchmen is drawn on a nine-panel grid. That's a very famous fact about it amongst comic book fans. Oh, okay. Uh, the, so the, three the, by the, three the, by the three. The artwork is is a, th- a nine-panel grid. Right. Um, for multiple reasons, but uh, yeah. So I don't know whether there's any significance mm. there or whether it's just a coincidence. Yeah, interesting. But yeah, it is a three-act structure. If you if you it can it fits perfectly. Well, so what have we learned by the end of the first three act structure? We've learned that Ozymandias exists. He's not dead, as they dropped again. They're like, oh, did you see? They finally made him dead. (laughs) Uh, We've declared him dead. They made him dead. (laughs) Introduced to the status quo, the father figure, mentor figure, has been killed. We've introduced inciting incident. Yeah. We've been introduced to the main character. We've been given her motivation. We've seen the setup of the Tulsa PD. And now uh, Laurie has been reintroduced to the series mm. to shake things up. And that's all by the end of the third episode. 
So, so what do we expect next week? Next week, the action should theoretically ramp up if we're talking about yeah, uh, classic narrative, classic yeah. narrative structure. Um, it should be a. Another. I haven't seen the preview for next week's episode. I so haven't I'm, either. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't been watching. Are they coming at the end of the episodes or something? I, I uh, not not that I've seen, yeah. but I'm sure they're around. Yeah. Um, I haven't been seeking them out, but um, because I like to be surprised. But, yeah. But yeah, I'm sure like there'll be more butting heads with Angela and, and Laurie and, and. Oh, that was so fun! Their little confrontation oh, so at the end. So good. She just poured the coffee down yeah, into the hole, into and, the the, hole. and it was like, "Ooh, I'm scared of you." <laughs> it's really good. It does make me wonder who would win in a fight. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, physically, Laurie is older. Physically, so. Laurie's older, but I mean, you know, that just makes you tougher. Yeah. <laughs> Should play dirty. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, we can probably wrap it up there. Definitely. And we will um, come back to you hopefully next week with more His Dark Materials and Watchmen goodness. And I guess, what do we say? Who watches The Watchmen? Who watches The Us. Watchmen? Big Blue Dog. Big Blue Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Every week we'll just Every do week, that. Every week, Big Blue Dog. Big Blue Dog. All right, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye.